sponsor. Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. It's New Year's Eve on the Central Coast with Pete Little and the misbehaving lady herself, <laughs> Sherilyn Darcy. Good morning, Planning Pete. a big Sydney run oh, today. Yes, I am planning one. And I'm going up to Port Macquarie. Yeah, I'm heading up lovely. north. Going to see a few friends we only see about mm-hmm. once a year. Uh, bludge on their kind uh, hosting and, uh, you know, enjoy... <laughs> Well, enjoy the uh, the North Coast for a couple of days anyway. Is it a party tonight for you, Pete? A bit of a party Excellent. waiting to happen. And this on Coast FM is our program to explain to you how to look mm. after your plants while you're away. When you take off, when you drive out of that driveway mm. and you take off to That's places right. unknown... How do your plants survive, Sherilyn? How do you find? Well, yes, that's all. We're getting all excited going away for maybe a couple of days or maybe a few weeks if you're lucky or enough. And your plants are home alone and they need a bit of TLC before you leave. Probably the most important thing, I think, and we're, we've got to be a bit security conscious here as well, is, of course, make sure you mow the lawn before you go and you weed the garden a bit and make it tidy. Just because if there's any like people going, oh, you know, if you're away for a few weeks and it all gets over grow and the burglars will go, oh, no one's there. So that's just a security thing, all right? That's a first up thing. But in, in all seriousness, you do need to give that lawn a bit of a mow beforehand because you don't want it to get unruly on you and invite all the next... Talk about the in. garden, Joyce. That is the garden. That is keeping the garden well. Anyway, a day or two before you leave, weed all of your garden... Lawn's in a garden. You oh, reckon I reckon you should really weed well. your garden before you go away. Absolutely. because You're going to be too busy packing suitcases and putting a lump of well, into the... Uh, no. You don't want to come back to an explosion of weeds, Pete, okay? This is not, not all of us live in Saratoga with a team of gardeners to look after our gardeners, okay? <laughs> yeah, this Tell is, me where. This is, a note, this is a note to leave your gardener, mate, okay? <laughs> all right. You also, as late as possible, water your garden, okay? I know that it's raining today, but it's a it's a light rain in a lot of places in the Central Coast, so give it a... Re- it needs a really, really deep water. That's what it needs before you leave. Have a good look around at all of your plants as well. If anything needs a quick clip, give it that as well. You don't want something to fall off onto another plant. So these are just basic maintenance things you need to do. So it's probably a couple of hours in the garden. If you've got a big garden, it could be just an hour to just run around and look at at things as well. You've got to make sure that (laughs) you're just shaking your head here going, what's the use of having a garden? I can see that. Tie and stake any plants that need it. We might, it might get windy when you're away. So if you've got a plant, you've got, say, some tomatoes growing there, they'll get bigger if you're away for a week or two. They'll need their stakes put in. Otherwise, you're going to come home to smash down tomato plants. You don't want that. If you've got plants that tend to run, things that, that, you know, like lettuce that might run and, and bolt and go to seed, Perhaps think about erecting some shade over them because less light means less growing. So you mm-hmm. want things to slow down when you're away. You're away, running around, having a great time, but you actually want your garden to go into a little bit of a summer hibernation. That's the trick. Bit of a siesta, you think? Uh, uh, yeah, siesta fiesta for summer. That's exactly what you <laughs> need to happen when you're away. Yeah. There are well, a few of my tips. I think uh, we'll play a song here about holidays, which is terrific. And then we'll talk about finding a garden sitter. Can you believe that? The Gardening Gang, Pete Little and Sherlyn Darcy on this Saturday morning. It is New Year's Eve. Yeah. And it's just gone a quarter past eight. 
and uh, we're talking about gardening while you're away, how to look after your garden. And Sherilyn raised the issue before, only touched on it very, very quickly. I want to launch onto this question <laughs> of hiring a garden sitter. Now, they don't belong in Saratoga. Now, you mentioned, <laughs> you inferred that we are a wealthy community there. We're battlers. Oh, my goodness. Keeping our sure feet on are. the ground there. Yeah, right, okay. Nevertheless... Maybe at Point Frederick, they might oh, be able to board oh, them there. They've definitely got parts of a boat in those wealthy suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> what about a, <laughs> living the realities of someone to look after your garden while you're away? Yeah, look, it's it, the rise of the plant sitter. The, it is a professional job now. Mostly, I have to say, because people spend a lot of money on their house plants. It's a big thing in Sydney. High-paying job, too, in Sydney. But... In all seriousness, here on the Central Coast, it's a great idea if you've got a neighbour who also likes gardening to perhaps reciprocate. You can swap looking after each other's garden. You don't need, you probably don't need to go in every day, but every couple of days to look after your garden. But you can hire companies and people to look after your gardens. Come and have a look at it. Make sure it's okay. I would say, I love this tip. I heard it from someone else years ago. If you are asking a neighbour or even a professional service to look after your garden, tie a red ribbon around the plants that need... Yeah. <laughs> I love your face. Around the old oak tree. Around the plants that need a little bit of extra care. So if you've just transplanted something or you know that a certain plant doesn't do very well in the heat and it's going to be really hot, and you can just say, look, the plants that I've tied a red ribbon around, they need just a little bit extra attention. Make sure you look at those, particularly if you've got a big garden. So that can make sure that your plants are still alive when you get home. Well, we've got a wonderful garden uh, expert adjacent to us in our street in Sarah. I'll mm-hmm. mention Sarah for a moment because Tony does a marvellous job with his own garden and when we go away, he go. voluntarily comes over. Yeah, there you go. Don't Give even it a have water. to talk to him. There you go. Even buy him a beer, but we do. You do. <laughs> but he comes over and looks after. It's just a fantastic association go. with your neighbourhood. It's marvellous, mm, isn't mm, it? Mm, you know? mm, mm. That's it. And it's not hard. But you know, try to pick someone who's got a garden that looks good. You don't want to pick... Somebody who's like living in a hoarder house or something like that. Pick, pick your garden sitters, uh, you know, based on their past record, I'd say. Okay. Well, it's all about gardening while you're away on holidays. We're also playing a number of sort of holiday-oriented songs today. Mm-hmm. Sherlyn's idea about this one here. I don't know about it uh, being stretched out for the next four hours, but nevertheless. Uh, well, <laughs> God, uh, I'm feeling in the uh, holiday spirit. And a certain information. Very much in a holiday mood for, uh, for, for New Year's Eve. Yes. And uh, this one is also a pretty good uh, holiday song. What is it? By Jimmy Buffett. Oh. About being in Margaritaville. Love it. Pace one. Buffett. Coast FM being in Margaritaville. Of course, that uh, mighty drink, the margarita. Mm. Sherilyn Darcy spent some time in the USA some years ago and uh, really got into those margaritas, (laughs) they tell me. (laughs) Tell me that story about the upside down margarita. Oh, no, I lived in, yeah, I lived in San Diego and uh, we used to often go down to Tijuana or right down through Mexico, actually. But uh, it was my going away party with yeah. the women of the community, the the expats and a lot of Americans that I made friends with. And we went to this bar and it was uh, it was so funny. So upside down margaritas, they put you in a chair, they tip you the upside, upside down, they okay. tip you upside down oh. and then they pour the uh, ingredients of a margarita into your mouth. That's and a, li- a tequila? It's a tequila Cointreau. 
and the I was juice of some sort oh, as well. Juice There's or three guys standing there and they're like pouring in your mouth oh, and then God. and then when you they sit you up if you don't spit it out you don't pay for it. That was that was the thing. Ah. But that wasn't the bad part. They blow whistles and play sort of the mariachi music right in your ears while it's all happening. And I, and it's like hurry up! I just want the whistling to stop. So yeah, I did have a few of those at my going away party. That was about 20 years ago, Pete. I how did you survive that night of margaritas upside down? Mate? It was well coming. Back over the border was still yes. The price? I'm still paying the price. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Coast of M963 with the gardening gang. Pete and Sherilyn. Yes. And now. We've got Rachel from Our Green Sanctuary, one of our favourite guests, because we've been talking today about leaving our gardens alone. And Rachel's an expert on houseplants, Pete. Oh, Rachel, have you got uh, houseplants, have you? I have a lot of houseplants. I've probably got <laughs> 200. It's <laughs> used a lot. <laughs> this is Rachel O'Kell, who has an organisation called Our Green Sanctuary, and your work is about uh, recommending plants and how to and provide uh, well. designs. Very yeah. good. And how to keep them alive, yeah, I right. guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you need help to keep your house plants alive, then I'm your girl. Um, so far this season hasn't been too hot, so plants left alone at home aren't probably going to wilt immediately. So, Rachel, are we doing ourselves a disfavour by uh, just leaving our plants to look after themselves? If we go away? Not at all. I think in most cases, depending on the length of time you're going to be away, mm-hmm. most house plants will be okay. So if it's, you know, seven to ten days, your plants should be fine. But there are a couple of things that you can do to help them along while you're out of town. Okay. And one of the easiest things that you can do is to move them a little bit back from the window to create a bit more shade, to close some blinds, to add some sheer curtains, just to create a little bit less light. That's the best way to sort of um, allow your plants to use less water while you're away. Oh, okay, I get it. Because I'm thinking less light, less heat, but, yeah, they won't be they won't be growing so much, so they won't be wanting to keep yeah. themselves cool. Good. Exactly. Tip. And obviously it is best to water your plants right before you go away. So if mm. that works with with this sort of, you know, the schedule that you're watering on when your plants need water. If you can give them a decent drink before you go, then hopefully they'll be fine and ready just for another drink by the time you get back. Another really easy tip is if you have a bathtub or even a shower, you can lay down some towels in the base of the bathtub or the shower, Mm -hmm. wet the towels and then sit your plants on top and they can wick up a little bit of water while you're gone as well. If you've got plants that are particularly thirsty, then that's a good idea. Yeah, there's a few there that like to drink a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I have a uh, situation in our place and my wife gets quite disgusted because many of the plants that uh, are on the patio, so they're outside, I suppose, uh, well mm. ventilated, well uh, shaded, they wilt and then they all just sort of just go to mush, you know? So if the plant is outside on a patio or even outside in a garden, it's going to receive a lot more light and maybe even some direct sun. Mm. as opposed to plants that are inside. So that's why I say if you move them back from the window or move them away from the window, close the blinds or Put add them in the shade. Curtains. Put them in the shade. Put them in the shade. Well, so if you've shade. got your patio plants, mm. pop them in the shade. <laughs> they're still going to be able to see more light than a plant that's inside when they're outside yeah. on the patio. 
Um, and then my next tip is get someone to come in and water them for you. Well, <laughs> that's the solution, fitter. I think, yeah, because I, I suspect they're drying or, um, out. Yeah, 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 exactly. Especially in the summertime, it's hard for patio plants because they will probably be requiring water every couple of days, if mm. not every day, depending on what the plant is and if it's getting some direct sun or not. You know, those water drip sort of feeders. This is one I did and it didn't go too well for me. It was freeze a bottle of water, tip it upside down and stick it into the soil next to the plant and it's supposed to, while it melts, uh, water the plant. It's only a couple of hours before it melts. No, you put, only put a couple of holes in the lid. That's what you do and yeah. stick it in. Yeah. Okay, if you live in, it or not yeah, okay if you live in Jindabyne, but on the central coast... <laughs> It'll be melted by the afternoon. No, I'm not the garden bearer anymore. <laughs> Rachel, it's not a good idea. If it's a low water plant like a ZZ plant or a mother-in-law tongue, Santavira, probably not. If it's something that's a bit more thirstier like a peace lily, it's mm. probably fine. Mm. Yeah. I do have one more tip for you. Oh, yes, yes. I haven't tried myself, but I have heard of this. And in theory, to me, it sounds like a good idea. So... You get a bucket or a bowl of water Mm -hmm. and you get some string, like a wicking string. I think it's got to be made of cotton. Run the string from the bucket or the bowl of water Mm -hmm. to the plant. So I think the bucket or the bowl of water needs to be up higher than the plant. So sit it on, I don't know, a pile of books on your table and then sit the plant. Yeah, exactly. And then that's right. So then the the string goes into the pot plant, like dig it into the soil and then it'll wick the water out as it needs it while you're away. No, but it would. No, but it doesn't. They don't need much. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's one string between life and death. Well, you could. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one bucket of string per plant coming out. You can have all the strings coming off of your octopus bucket. So I'm going to try it. That's exactly right. That's unique. That thought there, Rachel. Yeah, it's really good. Let's do it. Okay, well, that's well done there. Thank you uh, to Rachel O'Kell, who joins us this morning. Have a nice new year tonight, Happy Rachel. New year, Rachel. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Happy new year, guys. Thanks again for having <laughs> me on the show. I hope you have a wonderful celebration this evening. Uh, we'll catch you through the year as well. We Thank you, sure Rachel will. O'Kell, there from our green sanctuary on the coast. This is the Gardening Gang. Thanks, Rach. All the best, Rachel. Coming our way, New Year's Eve on the Central Coast and Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy heading off elsewhere mm. for our parties tonight. That's why we're doing a special program on New Year's Eve and looking after your plants whilst you're away. Yes. And uh, Cheryl, and we better thank our sponsors who have been great supporters throughout the year. Thanks. Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale. <laughs> Feel right at home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. Coast FM 963, home of the Gardening Gang, but I'm far from home today. I have taken my trusty mic down to Dawson Community Garden because we've got some big winners here. The team at Dawson Community Garden have won a national award. I'm here with Jules, who's the coordinator of Dawson Community Garden. Amazing. Good morning, Sherilyn. It's just so beautiful here. No wonder you've been winning awards. What else have you won for the last four years? Oh, we've um, won first place with the Wyong Shire Garden Competition. In what category? Best Community Garden. And the big one, I'm going to let you announce it. What did Dawson win this year in the inaugural Community Garden Awards? 
Yeah, we just won the Champion Community Garden across Australia. It's in recognition with what we do within our community here and around Dawson. And what sort of things are they, Jules? Oh, we connect with um, different groups going on. We have Life Without Barriers. Um, we have a young man what comes and on a Friday looks after the chickens. And what does that do for him? It gives him skills, gardening skills as well. Mm -hmm. They do have their own bed down there and they like to plant vegetables and grow. What other sort of things does Dawson do for the community? Um, We have a women in the garden group and that's for anybody to come along on a Tuesday. Second and fourth Tuesday of the month, we do Devonshire teas for different community groups. I did notice for the different over 55s groups and clubs as well. Yes, yes. It makes their day to come and have a look around the garden. I can imagine it would. There's some beautiful beds here. What sort of things are you growing this season at Dawson? Well, we've got the tomatoes on growing, mm-hmm. zucchinis, the yellow squash, some pumpkins just starting out. And lots of flowers. <laughs> I just I just love flowers. I think it, yeah, I love the colour. I think people like love colour. They do. In the garden. I don't think I've ever seen so many geraniums in one garden, <laughs> ever. <laughs> and not just, you've got so many different types as well. Yeah, yeah. Am I right saying that this is a a (laughs) favourite? Yeah, it's one of my old-fashioned favourites. Just so beautiful and so good for the bees as well. That's right. Chickens. Not every community garden can have chickens, but you do. Tell us a little bit about the girls. Oh, I have um, five girls plus three silkies, (laughs) which is called Fluff, Ning Ning, and scrambled. <laughs> does scramble give you scrambled eggs? <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah, they scramble up the footpaths. Oh, dear. <laughs> I did notice that they're sort of like they've got their own section over there. They're not in and amongst the garden. Yeah, it's it's took me two days to um, fill in the potholes, Sherilyn. Mm. <laughs> so this was the inaugural Community Garden Awards that was run by a Community Gardens Australia. What sort of advice can you give other gardens in the area about entering next year? Uh, I reckon it's good to share what you're doing in your garden to other communities. All right, I'm at Dawson Community Garden and it's a lovely day. A little bit of rain around, but plants need rain, don't they, Jules? That's right. And again, a huge congratulations to Dawson Community Garden for winning Best Community Garden four years in a row at the Wyong Garden and also the big one, Community Garden Champion. Thanks, Jules. Thanks, Sherilyn. You're listening to Coast FM 963 and you're at home with the Gardening Gang. John right here at Coast FM 963 and that is the story of Crystal 12 minutes before 9 o'clock Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy here on this Saturday morning for our New Year's Eve gardening gang today and we're joined by the beautiful Vicky What's Hot in the Garden Vicky, good morning, good morning from Vicky. Narara Good morning How are you today? More importantly how's the moisture meter going? Oh mate, <laughs> I've got myself a real moisture situation having at our place and back and front yard are the same. Are they? I couldn't oh, believe okay. it. They're exactly identical yesterday. 
Oh, wow. I'm that's pretty cool. so excited about the <laughs> consistency of the front and the backyard moisture. Excellent. <laughs> it must be a Saratoga thing. Must be, yes, I know. Their moisture's always just right, Vicky. They just right. <laughs> now, Vicky, what is hot in the gardening scene? What is hot in the nursery scene at the moment on the coast? <laughs> okay, well, Burbank and Erina have just received a big batch of pots and urns. If you're looking for that special statement piece for your home, Forrester's mm-hmm. Beach Garden Centre has some very lovely looking philodendron birkins, a foliage spectacular for that corner of the home that needs a zhuzhing. Wai Nursery has some amazing looking frangipani. They're a perfect addition poolside in a nice pot. Yeah. And Noraville Green at Tookley have 30 to 50% off indoor plants and 300ml gracilis bamboo also. Oh, there's a popular one for those wanting to do up their garden for the New Year's. That, it is, and I'm not allowed one. to mention prices, no, so I can't. won't, but they were a great price. All right, good price. <laughs> Get down to Noraville. <laughs> and what's now, hot around your place? We forgot. <laughs> you were sitting here with that margarita, Pete. Put it down. Pete might have gone to sleep. No, he's drinking his margarita. Yeah, that's you. it. Go on, Pete. Next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's hot around the nursery at uh, Narara Valley today? Hot in our garden centre is our big Boxing Day sale. It's 20% off the entire range of Atlantis pots, bowls, bird baths and lanterns, but you must hurry because the sale ends today at 5pm sharp. Right, because it's not Boxing Day anymore. <laughs> this is the Boxing Day it's sale boxing on day New Year's sale. Eve. That's pretty bright. Still going. Who thought of that promotion? It's a beauty. Yeah. Oh, I reckon Noel might be behind that one. All right. thought it could have been but yours. It's going great. Uh, when the so boss is away, the crew will play, won't mm. they? That's how it works. Now, just thinking about what's not so hot in the gardening world at the moment, Vicky, you must have a couple of things up your sleeve. Well, I do. And aside from having to work on Monday whilst most people around the globe are enjoying their freedom, (laughs) aside from that, it's poisonous plants and particularly plants with pretty flowers. And the reason why I thought of this was this morning while I went on my run, Mm -hmm. I noticed that there was the lovely angel's trumpet out oh. in flower looking beautiful but on a very popular pathway where a lot of families and little kids walk so if you're out and about in the garden or out and your kids are picking flowers just be mindful that there are some pretty poisonous ones out there at the moment and ones to be weary of are like the oleanders foxgloves mm-hmm. lily of the valley um daffodils even yes. um so just be mindful just that there are some very Just describe for me, if you po- will, an angel's trumpet. Now, don't take two hours. Just give me a very <laughs> brief description of an angel's trumpet. Uh, it's being... Do you want the description of the plant? It's a hanging flower that looks like an angel's trumpet, basically. Right. But it's very poisonous. It's been mm. used um, as a hallucinogenic and, and, well. and I believe that some of the leaves uh, of a relative slipped into some spinach across New South Wales oh, recently. Was that the one that well, well I was actually going yeah. to say Sherilyn would have some amazing botanical historical facts mm. about that one. I reckon you'd have some great stories. Look, I've got a really good one about uh, Victorian times where they used to dip the angel's trumpet into champagne to have a little bit of a trip there, but please don't do that at home because a lot of them have <laughs> died as so well. So it won't kill you. <laughs> It can. It can. It can, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. can definitely kill you. It can be the one-way trip, Pete. <laughs> okay, we'll keep that at arm's length, those yes. angels' trumpets. So watch out for that. Now time for the Coast FM Gardening Gang Oy. game, the last one of the year. It's been That's a very right. successful little segment here where <laughs> yes. the uh, you know the young and the old 
Well, and they're going to the nurse the middle-aged. <laughs> you know, we've got... No, I'm still Sharon really young. Sharon putting to us one of the wonderful statements. You're the young, I'm the old, yeah, she's, she's the middle-aged. <laughs> it is a fact or a fib, Sherilyn. Right, okay. Botanical fact or fib. Play along at home, Coasties. New Year's Eve. There's lots of traditions around the world, including going to the beach, going to the down to the harbour in Sydney. People love to do that. Watching the ball drop in in the United States. Everybody loves something, don't they? But we're talking about margaritas and going to Mexico. In Mexico, they have a tradition of making tamales, which are made out of corn, and putting all their lovely vegetables vegetables in the tamales and handing them out on New Year's Eve to their friends and neighbours to keep their hands warm while they bring in the new year. Is that a fact or is that a fib? A tamale? I have no idea what it is. It's like a burrito. It's like a small burrito. It's a small burrito. They get all the veggies from the garden, chop it all up and they chuck it, chuck it in a tamale, so it's like a burrito, and and then they hand them out to their families and friends and to put, put in put their your, pockets because they're put warm. your hands on there? Yeah, hey, but does it get cold in Mexico where you need warm no. hands? No. <laughs> no, I think it's just a bunch of rubbish. Codswallops. I'd say codswallops, a wonderful phrase there. Great, I'm leaving. So we're saying I'm it's a codswallop. Oh, chicken dinner in Mexico. Families gather to make New Year's Eve food, especially tamales from their harvest, which are tamales are corn dough stuffed with meat, cheese, but they use all their veggies because they want to get rid of the old year and stuff it all in there. They then hand them all out to their loved ones. I'm so excited. On New Year's Eve, it's a tradition. That's what they do. And they put them in their pockets to keep their hands warm because it is cold in Mexico. That's where poinsettias come from. They flower in the cold. I win, oh, I win, I win. No. I win, First I win, time I win. this month. I win, I win, I win. Hey, we're going into the new year <laughs> and we'll improve it. next year. Is it? Okay, Vic, I'll keep moving and grooving here. Have a great day. Enjoy Bye, the flow. See you in a year. <laughs> Bye. What's hot, Vicky from Narara Valley Nursery? Right here at Coast FM. Good morning. New Year's Eve on the Central Coast and uh, we've got the commitments in there. We've got a bunch of fantastic artists to finish up the show today and finish up the year more than the show. Mm-hmm. The show will continue, by the way. Don't think that we're going to be getting out of here that easy. No. Sharon. We're back next year. We are. Sponsors have signed off. They have. Have you signed your contract yet? Or are you just nope. sort of I might do it on the way out. Oh, a, I don't know. A new car out of this or I think so, you know, car. Just caravan. A, I'd, like my, I'd like my own uh, green room. That's what I think I'd like. I'd star on the... No. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsors, Alan Graham Caravans and RVs at Wyoming and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows who have been faithful sponsors for two years now. So we'd thank like to give you, you guys... Thank you, thank you. A really big thank you for your support Yay. of the radio program mm. that uh, you are tuned into right now. Now time to ring the bell. Now yes. normally at this time, Sherlyn, we do have the... Gardening School of the Air, but we you do. decided to change the whole format today, you rebel. I am a bit and of a rebel. It's <laughs> about uh, the New Year uh, resolutions for your garden. Ah, uh, yes. Look, there's things that we do forget to do all the time. And starting off the new year, people like to make a resolution, get fit, get healthy, all those sorts of things. But I'm saying let's get some resolutions for your garden. What is it that you want to do better? What should you do that you're not doing. So here's a few. Let's ring the bell again. (laughs) Let's get it happening. How about building a compost bin? If you're not composting, you should be. So get that happening. Maybe with some of those vouchers or Christmas money, invest in a really good pair of secateurs. You have no idea what it's like when you've got a beautiful pair of 
heirloom, lifelong living secateurs. They'll last a lifetime. They're fantastic to use. That'll get you out there gardening a little bit better. Commit to a species. Now, this is a is a funny one, but it's a really good one. If you've been a beginner gardener and you want to move on to being an intermediate gardener, a really good thing is to go, okay, this year I'm going to be an orchid person. I'm going to learn everything about orchids or I'm going to grow the most amazing potatoes in the world. I'm going to really dedicate myself to that, learn everything about it and dedicate myself to that species. That's a good thing. If you're not growing vegetables, you should be. It's so easy to grow veggies and fruit and herbs on the uh, coast. So that could be your New Year's resolution. Plant a fruit tree. Everyone should have a lemon tree or two. Get that happening. Test your soil regularly. There's a good resolution. I'd love that. Plant more flowers. We're always talking about veggies, veggies, veggies and and all those sorts of things and our trees and that. But I'm a big one for flowers, not just for the bees and the pollinators, but also for our emotional self. It must be the longing French in me, I think. Home needs flowers. So plant more flowers, more native flowers and also ones that just bring you joy that you can cut and bring into the house and share with others. You might also like to start growing mushrooms. You can get kits or you can look online and find out how to do that or you can listen to us because we'll have a mushroom episode coming up in a few weeks. Am I getting the bell to shut up? (laughs) Join a community garden. We have, I've just found out we have over 30 on the Central Coast. You can jump onto the Central Coast Council's website and find them or you can go to Community Garden Network on Facebook and the lovely Tanya Hayden there has all the gardens there. You can look them up. So join in. It's really easy. You don't even need to be a gardener to be part of your community garden. Don't forget also, too, if you, you know, really want to get into gardening in a big way, mm-hmm. buy yourself a moisture meter. <laughs> because, Sherilyn, that one that you gave me last week in our, yes. uh, you know, Secret Santa okay. has become very, very important to my gardening Good. needs. In all seriousness, good. And we've moisture good. everywhere in our place and it tells me. You've got moisture. You've got moisture or you don't. it's raining. So there you go. Well, you'll know when it doesn't rain, Pete. You'll be able to say, I need more moisture. There here it we is. Go. The gardening school of the air right here in Coast You're- FM. <laughs> uh, Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. In New Year's Eve, and whereas there's no real activity with markets over the weekend, no. Doreen, the, the queen of the markets, is... Uh, actually on holidays but joining us today there's a reason for it Is Doreen, good day good day hello Doreen. oh hello hello i hope you can hear me from way out here we can <laughs> where are you, what uh, part of new south wales are you traveling in well Doreen? Uh, we are in the beautiful hill end at the moment uh hill end yes old gold rush town um absolutely gorgeous so we're staying in the um the village campgrounds which is a national park and it's been really quite lovely Oh, there's a party waiting to happen here. Now, there's a connection here between Hill End and uh, Sherilyn. Uh, do you realise that oh. Sherilyn is a young girl? Tell the story, Sherilyn. Yeah, well, my parents moved out to Golgong when I was a young girl, sort of. Uh, really? They rechanged. Oh. Yes, I went to school at Golgong Central School, so I know it really well. So what did you think of the place? Wow. <laughs> wow. Is that near Hill End? No, we it? love Golgong. It's near Hill End. Did you go to the Pioneer Museum? Oh, no, that, that was what we just realised we hadn't seen. Oh. We, we sort of dashed through. It was so hot there yesterday. It was so hot. And we stayed mm. at the showgrounds and there was lots of bugs. I'm not very good with bugs. <laughs> um, but there was lots of bugs and lots of heat. But was it, was, it? it was still a beautiful place. Well, and now we're in Hill End and it's quite cold. Is it? 
Well, hmm. it's, it's a it's a beautiful place, Helene. But a little birdie told me that you stopped and had coffee in Mudgee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got it. You've got it. Why, why are you laughing? Got, you got a connection. I'm there, laughing because I'm having I'm having a little laugh because a little birdie told me that she dropped into Byron Perry in Mudgee, and I my think. brother and sister in law own it. And oh, yeah, I wanted to know why he charged me double when I said I didn't know. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> <laughs> free no, plug there for the there. Byron Perry Cafe. Yeah, yeah there's a free plug oh. for Byron Perry. So I hope the coffee and everything was nice there, was it? The coffee was wonderful. And I did see the breakfast going past. They looked absolutely fabulous. So very lovely little coffee shop. Lucky we picked there, right? <laughs> That's right. And uh, any markets in Mudgee, Doreen, at all that uh, you can share with our no. visiting uh, travellers? No, no, I can't. And, it, and it's been so hot. It, it was so hot out there. Really? Okay. We, were, we were really putting our little van through the paces, finding out if we could survive. And we did. We survived. Mm-hmm. So um, once once the, uh, the, the uh, sun went down, it got nice and cool. And, and then we stayed an extra night here, mm-hmm. um, which was unplanned. And we're going, okay, what can we live on? If we've got tins of tuna, oh no, we'll, we'll be right. We can, we can manage. <laughs> now you got the champagne chill for a big New Year's Eve tonight? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Sort of, yeah, ready to sort of do whatever comes So now, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. We, we, we're learning to live, you know, just as it is. I did think I'd get a, a day off from, you know. <laughs> from, from from the gardening gang, no way. <laughs> no way. Part of the team, mate. No, gonna... That's right. Once a gangster, oh, no. always a gangster. <laughs> no, it's been, and, and it's just been, um, it's been lovely to sort of just come out and sort of be in amongst it all and. Yeah, learn learn how it all works with the camping thing. Oh, that's oh cool. well, that's a brand new thing for you, which it was for me when I was travelling throughout the year with mm. uh, Road Trip Radio. So yes, uh, and we've done a lot of the uh, the people watching. My husband sat there and watched everyone setting up, and <laughs> everyone watched us setting up, and you know, everyone's ready to give you a little uh, information a little on what tip. to do. Yeah, Aww. exactly. Well, here yeah. and, uh, no doubt will be on the on the map for lots of people travelling out west there. Yeah. Uh, oh, thank you, wonderful. Doreen, for your help throughout the year as well for the for the reports on our our markets throughout the coast. Have a happy new year. We look forward to your market reports in 2023, Doreen. Happy new year to all the campers. Bye. All the best now. There's Doreen on the road with Coast FM and the gardening gang. Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here enjoying the radio, enjoying the music. And g'day to uh, Julie at Buff Point. Sherilyn, look, two of Julie's neighbours... Oh, sorry. Julie rang to thank. That's right. She said she's about to go on holidays and wherever she goes on holidays... Mm -hmm. Her neighbours, Tim and uh, Candy, mm-hmm. are more than happy to look after her plants. Oh, aren't they good? Well done, Tim and, and Candy. And that just, uh, is just what we're all about today. Get your neighbours involved in your yes. garden if you're taking off. You needn't uh, you know, be shameful about asking, can you help out, please? A bit of a water. And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also, Julie's having a birthday today. Is she? Happy yes, birthday, 31st. Julie. Oh. I didn't quite ask what it might be, but I think okay. she was born somewhere in the 60s. 60s. Yeah, maybe. Mm. So what about a song for Julie? All right, let's At do that. point, up your way. Happy birthday, Julie. Under their belts this afternoon here on the Central <laughs> Coast. Julie, Julie, do you love Very me? Julie. Now, there are activities throughout the Central Coast today. For those on holidays, you might know about this. Free racing today at the uh, Gosford Races. And that's uh, a local interview. They say here that local people mm-hmm. can get in for Nick. So I wonder if tourists have free. to pay. Yeah. I'll wear a badge or something Sorry. saying my local. <laughs> You'll be right. You'll get in. <laughs> that's it. Go uh, local. Also, Go the local. footy on tonight yes. at the uh, stadium. 
It is. Full coverage at Coast FM. And what about fireworks? Fireworks. Okay, there's no Gosford Council fireworks tonight. The Mariners do have fireworks at 9pm and that is uh, courtesy of DMC Conveyor Services. Thank you so much for putting those on for Gosford. But there will be Council fireworks on at the entrance down at the Memorial Park. It's an alcohol-free family-friendly event from 6pm and they will have fireworks at 9pm as well. Years gone by, they used to have them at uh, Canton Beach. Did they? I think we're running short okay. of money. The council is trying to get all <laughs> those are. potholes filled. Yeah, we need the potholes filled. Back on the filled. fireworks. Exactly. So that's <laughs> it. Um, so they're the places that you can see the fireworks from. But wherever you are, have a happy new year anyway. It's really exciting. It's, now, oh, yeah, you, you know. mentioned to me you came mm. through the entrance the other day and it was absolutely oh. chocker-blocker. Is that right? <laughs> it was. Yeah, so I was driving from Lake Memora to Long Jetty and it was was chockers. Going over the bridge there, I was I was almost at a standstill. So where are all these people coming? Well, it's great for the coast to have the tourists back and to have everybody there supporting local businesses. But it, uh, yeah, it was so busy. It was, it was, but it was wonderful. I looked down, everyone's in the beach and the water and everything. But you, you wouldn't be able to get a park, but Long Jetty was the same. And boy, hasn't that come ahead, Long Jetty. Love it. Well, little Newtown. Good morning from the gang to all those holiday <laughs> yes, makers here on the morning, coast. Welcome holidays. aboard. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, it is the eve of a brand new Thank year. You. People are on holidays mm. and uh, coming to the coast. Tanya joins us today for a certain reason. Tanya, the pet vet nurse. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning. You're on holidays at the moment. You're having a bit of time away from the, the pet vet? Um, I have worked on. I have been on holidays, yes, but I am working today, New Year's Eve. Oh, oh one of the few. I, pull, <laughs> I pulled the short straw. Well, <laughs> let's talk about people taking their pets away for the holidays and um, how we can secure them, make sure they're safe and uh, yeah. they're not just packed away in the boot and forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always a bit worried. My sailor boy, of course, he's so perfect in every way. He loves travelling in the car, but I'm always worried about longer trips. Have you got any tips for travelling with your dogs and cats on these long trips? What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Look, the most important thing when travelling with pets is making sure they're secure in your car. You need to make sure they're belted in. So they need to, you know, you need to, if they're not in a crate. Um, in a crate? Or, uh, yeah. yeah, in a crate or a carry cage. Um, they need to be buckled in with the seatbelt. Well, I'm sure that uh, our family yesterday, they left and uh, returned back to Newcastle, just poked the dog in between their legs on the floor. Oh, it's against the law, Pete, I'm sure. Against the law? Yeah, it is, isn't it, Tanya? Oh, Tanya, you're yeah, kidding me. You, you will actually get fined. Yeah, well, Mr. Plot is going to find you first. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Do you know what the thing is? It, sounds, it probably sounds ridiculous because, you know, when I was a kid, that's what we used to do as well. You know, we'd just chuck, chuck the dog in the back and or even mm. in the back of the ute and, you know, she wouldn't, she wouldn't even be tied in. But it, it is for the, the animal's safety as well as yours because, you know, if you have an accident, the dog could go flying through the windscreen mm. or, mm. Um, you know, so I, I absolutely do understand. And, you know, I have been on duty and there have been cases where dogs have jumped out the window oh. um, yeah. and been injured. I, I remember this, actually, I remember one case and this dog had, had just been de-sexed. 
um, and they picked him up from having his surgery and they they had the window down in the back of the car, like the, on the back seat. Yeah. And he was sitting in the back seat with the children and they were all happy because, you know, he'd had surgery that day, so they're happy to pick him up. And he jumped out of the back window. <gasps> Obviously, he was still still a bit groggy and oh. he got hit by a car. Oh, no. So they bring him straight back. Oh, I know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Thank no. God he ended up being, being okay. I mean, he had a broken leg. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had I've had a few situations like that. Many situations mm. where dogs have jumped off the back of you. Have you? Um, because they've not been restrained properly. But then some have been restrained, but perhaps not correctly, and um. they've actually actually hung oh. themselves off oh, the back of you. Gosh. So it's <laughs> just really important. Well, just imagine if you were fine. M- number one, it's, it's about $3,000 if you're carrying a mobile phone in your car. Yeah. If your dog is not restrained. So it's if you go out $400. there and you're holding I've your phone, looked. you've got two or three dogs unrestrained yes. in your car, yep. it's yep. going to cost you a lifetime of uh, of overtime. It, well, I've just looked at it. It's $400 per pet. And I guess really? if, you're getting, yeah, if you're getting pulled Let's over. Let's do that one. Two pets, getting... 800. <laughs> What's the mobile phone charge? I think it's three grand. What's I don't know. And there's demerit points as well. But I think if they're pulling you up for um, vehicle checks or uh, random breath testing, I suppose that's a thing they could see. But I'm listening to Tanya here. The reason I started, I didn't even know that, that there was a law, but Sailor is a bit jumpy and I restrain him with a thing. It's exactly what she's talking about inside the car because I'm worried about him jumping out the window and he's one of those dogs he loves putting his head out the window like hello so tanya how often do you think we should stop to give our pets a break on these trips far from the kids you know i i think it i think it depends on the pet really you know like my cat he he doesn't like the car at all um and most cats don't so i do give him (sighs) something prescribed um that does uh, you know the, the drug does help him settle but he will always, after being in the car for about an hour yeah. um, or an hour and a half, he will always go to the toilet in the car. So I always have a puppy pee pad oh, okay. in his carry box. And I just pull over, pull that out and put a new one in and mm-hmm. then put it back in. And then he go, he will go to sleep. So um, you, you medicate so the cat when you go for a drive? Or just down the shops or oh, God, no, no. a long trip? Oh, no. <laughs> If we're going for a long trip, if yeah. we're going for a long trip, absolutely. And he will just sleep the oh, rest of the way. Um, but I do also make sure the carry, his carry cage is covered. It's nice mm. and dark and the aircon is on. I have a thing about the M1 because I moved here seven years ago and someone told me always make sure you've got drink and snacks or something in the car in case touch wood there's an accident or a hold up or something so you should yeah. be thinking of dogs like that and cats so make sure you've got the extra water and the and the treats and things like that I've done that now for a sailor as he's gone up and down I've just done a little Google Pete and Tanya and I found Ooh. out that not only will uh, the New South Wales constabulary hit you with a fine and demerit points. It's actually, if you're wondering, it's three demerit points for each pet unrestrained and it's double demerits. But also under the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act, if your pet is injured because it wasn't restrained properly, you can be fined $5,500 and face up to six months in jail. Well, this little interview today is probably going to save people thousands. It is going to say, and, and save puppies and, and, and cats and pets oh, and thinking that. Thinking about yeah. the money side. Hi. Uh, Tanya, you've given us great uh, understanding of the rules and regs, but also the sensible, the sensible approach to looking after our pets in the car. Yeah. We've only covered cats and dogs, we'll do birds and reptiles at another time, I think. That might be a whole different story. 
keeping a snake retained or restrained <laughs> is another story. <laughs> That's <only>. another story. <laughs> well, Tan will join us each week as per normal throughout the brand new she year. Sure will. With more about our pet talk. And Tan, have a lovely new year. What Happy are you new doing year, Tanya. tonight? Party hard or staying yes. home with the cat? Enjoy. <laughs> Happy New Year, guys. There's Tanya Middleton, who's our pet vet nurse every Saturday morning at Coast FM with Cheryl and Pete. We love her. FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here on New Year's Eve. Mm. And throughout the year we've been uh, talking to Lachlan McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners about the real estate world here on the coast. And I thought today Lachlan is here with us. He's popped in between parties <laughs> and uh, Lachlan might give us a bit of an appraisal of one of the big highlights of the year yeah. in real estate. So Lachlan, good to see you. Thanks Hi, for coming Lachlan. by today before the uh, big party of the year tonight for all the... Uh, Family and friends. I imagine you're going to go wild, are you? Oh, Bit we'll, of big year we'll for see, you. Pete. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Now, just thinking about the um, some of the biggest uh, prices paid on the coast. I'm venturing that uh, it may be Point Frederick or maybe a beach suburb. What do you think? Yeah, so it wasn't Saratoga, by the way. Uh, sadly, it wasn't. It wasn't Pete. Uh, but I, I do believe that the Saratoga area has one of the highest sort of average sale prices of many suburbs in the coast I like so, it, yeah. uh, because there's a distinct lack of any smaller properties there's not a lot of apartments or anything like that so the average sale price there is actually very high that's the average, that's the average. Okay. No, no very few apartments you see all right. So you can yeah, the one two million dollars yeah, yeah, is yeah. like uniform everywhere. Exactly, hmm. exactly. But no, you're quite right. Uh, Point Frederick. Uh, there was uh, one particularly staggering result in Point Frederick uh, at that nine million dollar mark uh, over the, only the last couple of months. So that was since the market has changed as well. So that was a mm-hmm. particularly. Uh, you know, incredible sale price there. Um, Point Frederick's always performed very, very strongly, um, you know, um, no matter what the market conditions are. And, and I think that's uh, for a few reasons, obviously, given the proximity to, to Gosford, it does attract a lot of people who work at the hospital. Um, it's just a, a very popular Hang on, nurses enclave. couldn't afford that. Nurses. Oh, they're probably doctors. The doctors, could no, I say? Anaesthetists. They're the well-paid uh, ones, mate. My yeah. knee surgeon I was trying to be diplomatic, lot. Pete, but yes, that is the reality of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, moving from uh, Point Frederick, there was uh, a report in the paper where one of those uh, tech millionaires or multimillionaires, maybe billionaires, who have, has been buying a big in uh, a VOCA. Has that affected the prices yeah, Pete, well, it's certainly a, a big tick in the desirability column for Avoca Beach. Uh, you know, when you have uh, a tech billionaire who pays uh, 10.85, I believe it was, for property there, mm-hmm. and they also own property in Point Piper around the $70 million mark. So what? I think it's a... <laughs> Uh, quite a quite a big tick. These guys in particular, they own a lot of property. I only saw an article the other day about just the, the sheer volume and um, uh, the value of property they own around Sydney. So they're basically buying up high-quality properties all around. Moving north, um, what Sherlin would like to cover the northern area, of course. I would like to. You always think about around the, the north. Anything the entrance that's selling well at the moment? Uh, any demand? Well, Pete, uh, there was one that sold that's great if you've got a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so $10.2 million bought you the Two Shores Holiday Village at the entrance. So wow, there it you wasn't go. just one home. It was a lot of little homes, <laughs> so you could invite everyone to come and stay for <laughs> Christmas. There's a caravan up there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wasn't me. Wasn't me. <laughs> uh, that's probably 
indicative of a lot of these companies now. They're buying mm. up these caravan parks because they see big long-term uh, gain and uh, immediate profitability with the caravan. Well, I dare say... Everyone's got a caravan these days. They do, but I dare say, given that location on on the water's edge, uh, that there may be other plans in store for that. I think so. It's very Uh, popular around there. I'm not far from there, and it is very popular. Right now, drove past there yesterday, absolutely packed, that whole area. Okay, well, that's uh, now moving up towards the uh, northern part of the coast, up near Shell and Darcy country, around the, the upper lakes. The Upper Lake. Sherland country, Lake Manmora. Lake well, Manmora. Pete, Pete the, the, one of the anomalies in the market uh, that I've sort of heard, and this is, I guess, only an- anecdotally, but a lot of agents and people that I've seen looking around, up around sort of the southern parts of Newcastle have said that that market is still really firing. So the, the lakes, I think, are probably in that category, mm-hmm. and they're sort of benefiting from uh, the, I guess, lack of affordability in Newcastle proper. Okay. Um, so they, they do seem to be still performing quite well. We're talking about Summerland Point, Gwendolyn, those parts of the world. Yeah. So would you be keeping your eye on that for uh, future investors, you think, uh, Lachlan? Well, I think it's uh, it's definitely a great area for investment because there is still comparative value, um, like when you look at other other parts of the coast, and you do have access to Newcastle, which is one of the big draw cards. And Newcastle has uh, really changed. If you look at the sort of CBD of Newcastle, mm. if you've not been there in about five years, that's worth it's a, worth a really look. Good. Um, because that that's really starting to go ahead. So definitely anywhere that's in the same proximity to there as we are in the southern part of the coast to the northern suburbs of Sydney, oh, okay. you can. See how the appeal uh, would continue. So quite a few people from up there would be heading off to Newcastle for work, I'm hearing. Is that right? Yeah, most definitely. Thank you, Lachlan. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you throughout the year with uh, more news on property around the coast. Thanks for coming by this morning and Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Lachlan. Gardening Gang on New Year's Eve at Coast FM. With Pete and Sherilyn.